Good evening, everybody, and Hello. welcome to the Funbox Monster Podcast. I'm Tristan. I am that awkward. And uh, today we're going to be doing uh, the third in the Witchboard series, Witchboard 3, The Possession. Yes. Just to round out the whole thing, since we've done the other two. It's, it's a first for us. The first series we've ever done <laughs> in order, and uh, the first trilogy we've ever completed. Yeah, and, and a worthy one. I yeah. I think you you were just saying earlier that you liked this movie more than you thought you did. I, I think I'm I'm on the same page too. Yeah, I watched it the other night, got about 50 minutes in and just wasn't feeling it, shut it off. Started over from the beginning for this podcast and I was just fucked. Oh, this is good. Uh I feel yeah. like it's very good and but we'll get to it. Uh there's definitely some effects that really take you out of the moment <laughs> in this movie. What are you going to do? It's the 90s. There's always going to be some <laughs> shitty computer effect that is going to I, and I will say that from my end, that really terrible effect that you're referring to, well, one of the two really terrible effects in this movie, mm-hmm. I loved, yeah. especially the last one. I, I, it's so terrible that I love it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. I, there's something about it. I've oh, gotten that, over oh, computer animation. Oh, that rubber band CG skin. <laughs> <laughs> there's something about it. I don't know. I'm, I'm now nostalgic for bad 90s computer animation. Oh, I am too. I think I've, I think I've finally hit that point, which is I've, really upsetting. I'm in the same boat. Uh, I used to hate it, and I, but now it's, just, it's charming to look at. But at the same time, yeah. I think this movie could have been way better on the, you know, with the other two if it didn't have that, that hokiness to it. Yeah, it, it's yeah, that's true. I feel like there's just something about the way that it's shot that it's never going to live up to the other two because mm-hmm. it had I can't remember what they were shooting on back in the 90s, like what what gives it that texture. Mm-hmm. Um that might even be film, but it's just like there's something about the color palette that is so that era of movies that it looks like it was shot for the oxygen network or something <laughs> where you're like, "Oh, it's going to be, you know, not without my daughter or yeah. something." One of those it's a it's just a it's a weird like color wash that makes everything softer mm-hmm. or something. I I don't know what it is, but yeah, it it definitely does not have the classic look of the other ones. It yeah. has more of a it has more of an early '90s mid '90s full moon look to it. Definitely, which is why I remembered it like a full moon movie. I almost thought it was a full moon movie in my memory, uh, but again, I liked it. Yeah, <laughs> um, good stuff. They're all worth a watch. And, yeah, and and in the so sort of in the uh, I don't know it's it's sort of a a thing for him to kind of rip off horror movies or or make little homages to them in each of those. He definitely had seen Hellraiser recently and was kind of feeling Hellraiser because this has a very like a lot of it's got a nice Hellraiser vibe to it. Yep, there's some fun homages, including literally a guy who gets pins in his head. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> obviously there's. There's other stuff too. The the beginning. So this movie starts oh off, <laughs> and and the the voiceover, the VO for this thing is like straight Hellraiser. Oh yeah. Like it has a it has such a Hellraiser feel, <laughs> I and love I love the, this dude's voice. Me too. I, and I sum, <laughs> I summon the fertility god Nargor. <laughs> I will also admit that this movie, as much as I loved it, I had several laugh out loud moments. Being starting there, that was definitely <laughs> the moment when I was like, "Oh fuck, <laughs> middle school D and D is on right now." But uh, it was it was that, and then uh, later on, when he shows up naked in the photos, it's just like he's like, 
honey, I'm here in the dream sequence. Oh, and yeah. he's like, he's like posing in different positions, completely nude. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Absolutely laughed out loud. 100% laughed out loud when I saw that. Um, yeah, so he's just doing his Nargor and the Cult of Fertility <laughs> voiceover thing. My name is Francis Redmond, and I am dead. Yes. Um, <laughs> there's, a great, uh, so, there's a great Unsolved Mysteries episode, too, with uh, Robert Stack. It's all about fertility statues, and this one just totally made me think about that, too. <laughs> and it always cracks yeah. me up, because that episode starts with Robert Stack saying, Making babies the old-fashioned way. <laughs> <laughs> God, Robert Stack. Uh, the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we just kind of pan over some candles in typical occulty kind of crap. Um, and then we just get this like this boring, this boring couple talking. And it's these are our main characters. And it starts off and you're like, oh, boy, you can see why someone would watch this movie and go. I think it might be time to flip over to something else. Uh, yeah. Well, when you start your movie with a sex scene just opposed with an old man taking down an apartment for rent side like there's no flow to it like first you got to meet the characters before you jump into the sex you just don't start with the boobs and then it's like oh but, cool this is sexy oh wait this old man taking down a sign that's not sexy what are you doing to me movie yeah well, i mean sure there's that and then there's just the fact that it's like a bummer like it starts out and it's not like it's not like ooh sexy and all right let's hop in our hot car it's mm-hmm. Sex scene. Well, lost the house, lost the car, <laughs> lost my job. Well, got nothing but my hot wife. Uh, I don't know what to do. Uh, you're like, you're my funny oh. Valentine. Let's bang. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're my funny Valentine. Yeah. And this movie has a lot of moments that require you to pay more attention than they probably should in a movie like this. I think one of its one of its major failings is that I don't think that you're set up to have these little plot points hammer you in the head. Like if you look away for two seconds, you're going to get confused by two or three major, major plot points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the idea that someone is going to be like, hmm, that's interesting that he's allergic to shellfish. Yeah. No, fuck you. I'm not going to pay attention to that line. I mean, I did for this because I was like, what a weird thing to say. It's really funny, though, because since we started doing these, I've been paying attention more and more to things like that. Where it's like, I never, I, I was just like, but now it's just like, oh, shit, that shrimp salad's going to come back. That's going to come oh, back. Oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so yeah. the average person wouldn't care about a shrimp salad. I'm like, yeah, they're doing shit with shrimp. <laughs> yeah, this is. <laughs> yeah, there's Chekhov's shrimp salad. That's... Ah, that was the alternate title, actually. It was, it was Witchboard 3, Shit with Shrimp. <laughs> shit with Shrimp. Shit with Shrimp. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so... Um, I, yeah. <sighs> All right. So <laughs> our, our sad guy gets out of, gets out of bed eventually, uh, and uh, he's in his full suit, and he's getting ready for his meeting. He's like, All right, shit's depressing. Uh, we got nothing in these cupboards. Literally nothing, uh, and but we're going to have to go. The whole apartment's furnished out like they've been living there for years, though. <laughs> it does not like they just lost their house. Everything's set up immaculately. What I love about it is that everything is set up immaculately, and there's never anything in their fucking cupboards yep. the entire time. They never put their <laughs> plates away. They're sitting on the on the counter with things between them, <laughs> never put away. Um yeah, so he's like, all right, time to time to save everything. This is going to be it. This is my moment. 
and uh, his meeting is canceled. His lifeline is cut, and he's depressed even more than he was before. So he cool. is he's at his lowest point. Yeah, so we watch him make phone calls, trying to get a job. It's really interesting. Yes, it is <laughs> compelling. Uh, but he's he he's out in his hallway, and he meets his landlord Francis, who is carrying in his groceries. And he says, hey, why don't you help me with those? And gets him to bring groceries into his apartment that looks identical to their apartment, except for all the occult shit. And I, I find this part funny. There's a few weird things here. Uh, he's the building manager, or the owner of the building. Owner, yeah. Owner, yep. He lives on, like, the seventh floor. Don't the owners usually live on, like, the first, so they don't need to climb themselves seven flights of stairs when they get home every day? Yeah, I have no idea. Um, I mean, he is obviously not your average uh, building super owner. Uh, he is uh, he is a magic man, yeah. if you will. Is he Nargor? So, <laughs> I don't know. Is he? I mean, there, I have some questions here. We'll, I get, do we'll too. get to we'll get to them when we get to them. But like, I, yeah, absolutely, and and definitely, my question was, was he Francis? Was yeah. the was the number one question, and I think he's not. I don't think he is the person that married that woman. Yeah. I think that he somehow fucked around got and got, got, and now he's moving on because she wouldn't give him a kid. I think that's the. I mean, not to skip too far ahead. Yeah. But okay. his whole point was to, you know, sort of a son of Satan kind of kind of scenario. Yeah. Um. So, he. Shows off all his occult shit. Uh, Brian mentions that his wife is a cultural anthropologist, and uh, we get our first inkling that this dude's a total creep. Because he's like, oh, brains and beauty. <laughs> and he gets real, real gross. And uh, yeah, and so we get this uh, this nice smooth transition from him saying she's a cultural cultural anthropologist to straight into her at a museum dicking around with some sort of fossils teaching some sort well, of class it's at a funny because like when you think cultural anthropology teacher i would think that's a, a a college course right yes but she's guiding these kids around and it looks like a high school field trip <laughs> or like an it elementary is... school field trip i mean she's pointing out a fucking t-rex <laughs> <laughs> true she <laughs> I like agree. what she does definitely do that. And also the students, when they leave, I feel like I couldn't really make it out because it was a really shitty transfer on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Yep. But I feel like the students were like, whatever, T-Rex, yeah. I don't really care. <laughs> like, it felt like everyone was just kind of mouthing off as they left, which is not a not a college level kind of no. kind of feel. But uh, And then her friends there just yelling her name while she's doing a tour guide. Like, this, that's what? Come on. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Just Bombing showing up. how, yeah, they don't care, man. <laughs> yeah. So after she, uh, so after she meets up with her friend who's been yelling at her while she's trying to do her class, uh, <laughs> she drops loudly the exposition of, you know, that Brian is allergic to shellfish. And it's funny Which, too that her friend Lisa always has this cello, but do important. we ever see her play it ever? Does it ever come into any play? No, no, it never does. It flies in no. her apartment later on. She's got it carried, but like, why? Why that character trait for nothing? We don't have any scene yeah. with her in the orchestra. We don't have any. Like, I'm getting it. I'm, I'm playing the cello. I don't hear the killer coming behind me. Like that. That giant <laughs> cello case just plays in so far. I don't know. Maybe they just had a cello case, yeah. and they were like, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So, 
So we cut back to Francis and Brian, and he's like, I have a friend who gives me insider info. <laughs> and he's like, oh, that's interesting. And you're fabulously wealthy. And he's like, yeah. I would be into some of this insider <laughs> trading information. Uh, and he's like, oh, would you like to meet him? And he pulls out the Ouija board, and Brian is, of course, slightly perturbed. Yeah. Freaked oh, you know, out. This movie could also be called Witchboard of Wall Street. <laughs> God damn, that would be great. <laughs> I would have liked that, actually. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so he's he's using the Witchboard to trade commodities, <laughs> which... I just that, wish they had. That's the part that made me facepalm when I first watched this movie. I was like, "Wait a minute! We had all the other witchboards giving people certain information. This this witchboard's going buy California orange juice." I know, and it's just—it's even the choices of the commodities that they had, where it's like coffee and orange juice, and it's like, oh. These are fun, sunny little little purchases. It doesn't feel very mephitic to have like, ooh, buy orange juice. Like, I feel like the devil would be talking about other things. Like, it doesn't seem like he would have control over oranges. Buy brimstone but, stocks. <laughs> right. It seems like he could control brimstone yeah. stock. Like, he would have some sort of say in that. Whereas I don't think he's got a real in at the orange grove is that's, all I'm saying. That's another big question I have here, though. How does he know what these stocks are going to do? And is Francis, who is the Ouija board devil in this? Like, it was Malfader in the first one that it was, uh, right. I forgot about the second. But, like, who is the actual, who's controlling the planchette in this? What who I is the spirit? What I want to believe is that it's Francis. Mm-hmm. I want to believe like in my version of this and like the way that I would see it unfolding best would be the demon has his soul has Francis yep. trapped and he's tormenting him. He has the ability to torture him in the afterworld and he's like, find out this information for me. And so he's possessing his body. And while the spirit is out there, I don't know, ruining orange crops in California or something. And that's another question. Is the spirit, just like, is the spirit fucking with the furnace to make the shower too hot? Is the spirit flying down to Florida to put the frost on the oranges? Or that, whatever the hell made coffee stocks sink and rise? I, again, that was no one sense. of my problems yeah. with this. Because it's like, if it was something where, like it said you know, by, by Disney or something. And it was like the head of Warner brothers was just assassinated. Mm -hmm. You'd go, or, you know, like two different companies like AT&T and like MCI back in the day, mm -hmm. you know, make up two telephone companies and be like, Oh, this guy got murdered. So you would know that like a spirit could go throw him out a window and you'd go, Oh, the head of this telephone company committed suicide. It sends stocks into a frenzy People are buying, you know, people yeah. are selling off their MCI stock and AT&T is going through the roof. Perfect. Mm -hmm. But I, I just don't see him ruining oranges. Like, I don't I don't feel like there's any like if you try to visualize that in the movie, like yeah. the spirit going and wrecking trees, it doesn't work. Um, so, yes. He, <laughs> do you feel like talking about commodities? Yeah. Also, I will admit that kind of cracked me up, too. When oh, yeah. Big time. <laughs> So he says, uh, buy California orange juice. Uh, Brian is obviously skeptical. 
but uh, apparently someone does do it, um, and he goes home. So Julie is, uh, yeah. What happens here? No, he gets this drunk. Is the other... He gets drunk. With... So he's just super drunk. Uh, apparently, that's another okay. thing. We don't so really. He okay. Why would Brian get all drunk? It makes no sense. Like unless it actually, unless he actually did he was get... probably drugged. It, yeah, but it was port wine they were drinking too, which is usually like in the 70 percentile alcohol. So it is strong stuff. I could get on top of you. Sure. I mean, we we definitely learn later that Francis is a hard drinker. I mean, when he tries to seduce the two ladies, mm-hmm. he's like, they, they oh. down three full bottles of wine yep. at that point. I could do so, that. Um, so definitely he is. Uh... <laughs> it, it, it almost felt like the getting drunk part didn't even need to happen, though. Like the Brian getting too drunk. Like he brought him home. It almost seems like Brian could have just walked in and said hi to his wife with Francis. Yeah, I agree. It's it's almost like just a way for a cheap scare, like when she gets spooked that Francis is in her apartment. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think it, I think it was just a, just a cheap scare. Yeah. Um, And I mean, I wish there was a little more because it feels like they, it feels like that was set up for them to be like, Oh, and also I found Brian's hair and something else of his in the same thing when he when later she finds her own ring and her yep. hair in the fertility thing, like that there oh, was some yeah. sort of thing going on. Like he harvested his blood or something, but we don't have any of that. And uh, oh, we also get the tidy plot point um, of him abbreviating names where he calls Brian Bry and her jewel. Instead of Julie, like Jewel, because yeah. he says that later on, and that's how she starts figuring out, like, oh, this is. Yeah, that's true. You know what really killed me? Maybe I missed it when he said it, but he never gave it. Like, they set up, they dropped this real. I mean, obviously it's a red herring, but uh, the he kept saying, "I'll see you in the funny pages" with a Columbo accent. Yeah. And then nobody ever caught him. He just said it to Brian, who was already trapped in a mirror by him, so he clearly knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. That was the only time that he let it go. It felt like that was supposed to be something that she would hear and go, aha, yeah. I remember that from what he said, but no. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so he's drunk, super, <laughs> super drunk. Uh, Francis has dumped him on the couch, and clearly Julie is creeped out by Francis. Yes. Um, so next day, Brian comes down into the kitchen wearing some sort of dashiki or something. <laughs> Seriously, what he's... the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> I, think it, I think it might have been a dashiki. Yeah, like a shower uh, curtain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's super hungover and just pours himself a nice lukewarm glass of whole milk. Mmm. <laughs> nothing, nothing like it for a hangover. Um, he tells Julie that he's continuing to fail. Uh, and uh, that he can't get any any meetings, and he's failed all of his job interviews. He had seventeen rejections or something like that yesterday. What's all, what and, else? What uh, also is odd is we never find out what he got fired for in the first place. Like, they never... I feel like they they did okay with that. I mean, because she's upset that he's doing commodities trading on his own. Mm-hmm. That was a clearly in some. What do you think that's what he did? Though, do you think that's what he yeah. did to get burned? Like, put all yeah, the I all the that, stock in, I don't know, shampoo, yeah. and that failed. Right. Is that a commodity? I, I think. Don't <laughs> <laughs> I don't, he. Uh, 
<laughs> if it's from a shampoo farm, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think he just, uh, yeah, I think he just pissed away a bunch of money yep. or, or he was insider trading or, you know, like something that was like personal investment in something that was kind of shady. Gotcha. And so he got canned. That it doesn't seem like it was for incompetence or anything. It was some sort of moral failing that he had to apologize to his wife for. Um, so he turns on the TV. Turns out that a freak frost wiped out half of California's oranges, spiking the prices. Um, and Brian runs to Francis's apartment, but he's not there. And we get kind of a, an inkling that it's going to be, oh, he's going to go to the, the Ouija board, but then he doesn't. Uh, he just... He's like, uh, kind of glances at it. And then he hears Francis out on the balcony, the balcony whatever that is, like some sort of fire escape. Oh, before we get the, too far, I just love to whenever Brian turns on the TV, it's always the investment report like that he instantly needs to hear. Always, <laughs> always. It never. No. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to hear an hour of TV leading up to the thing that you need to hear in a plot. But I always think it's a, at least a little bit smoother if it's on in the background yeah. and then it, then the, it racks, it. rack focus. You get like, what? You know, they straight <laughs> up. They're like, Oh, I'm paying attention to this now as opposed to click and oh, oranges are now expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Brian. Yeah. Hi TV person. Um, yeah. So, that is how it goes down, though. And he's out on the fire escape, and he uh, he's talking to Francis. Francis gives him the, oh, I could never have kids, you know, wistful, blah, blah, blah. I'm dying, you know. I've I got have the cancer. cancer. Gives him his ring. He's like, oh, I want you to have this. Um, I love this scene. It, this is this is a straight omen. Like, yep. this... this this guy like these movies even with this director that isn't the same director as the last two manages to capture little exorcist omen 70s spooky movie tropes really well mm -hmm. like nail them and and this instance is like this is the you know it's all for you damien moment oh yeah this was really good uh he just basically gives him all this information and then he says seeing the funny papers and then jumps off and lands like what a good shot. Yeah. Like he lands directly onto a spiked fence with one spike <laughs> going sp right through his forehead. The one, sp <laughs> the one spike going through his forehead, which comes in later mm -hmm. even, which is pretty cool. Got a question about uh, that too. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I have a lot of questions about that, but, <laughs> but definitely that was, Yeah. That later scene is very weird. Um, okay, so blah blah blah. Uh, oh right, that's right. We cut to the we cut directly to the funeral here. Oh, you know what I really like about this though? There's no mm. scene. There's no scene with cops accusing him of like being in on this or anything. Like yeah, every time like because I mean shit, he would be questioned so hard. Like who would believe that yes. story? I was talking to this nice old man, then he just said, "See the funny pages jumped off the balcony." Yeah, okay. But there isn't one of those scenes. They don't waste our time with I that. I have his ring. Yeah, exactly. I stole his jewelry. Like. Oh, well, I mean, as long as you're not in any financial hardship, right? Yeah, ex 
exactly. Yeah, oh. he's totally broke. Oh, really? Interesting. Yep. <laughs> you sure do have a lot of motive, but I agree. It's nice that they just skipped it. They went, eh. It's, a, you know, it's another said, one of those I'm movies with cancer. no cops. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've been getting a lot of those. It's true. <laughs> I don't mind that. No. I don't mind a total lack of... It is. It's like... It, I like a lack of cell phones and a lack of cops in my, in my horror movies. Um, so we're now we're at his funeral and it turns out that Brian and his wife are literally the only people at his funeral. He was clearly not well loved. Um, and they're just kind of looking uncomfortable sitting there waiting for the funeral to be over. They go up, they kind of say their, their piece. What were they waiting for? There wasn't even anybody reading anything or anything. like. I'm waiting to make cracks about the corpse. I mean, yeah. he makes some sort of joke, too. Um, but, yep, so they're, they're, about to, they're about to leave. They've said their piece, and they're about to take off. It's a closed casket, obviously, because he had a giant spike through his face. Um, and oh, they, fixed, they fixed him up nice. <laughs> they did. They really did. Uh, but... Uh, at that moment, his uh, his ex-wife, I guess, Francis's ex-wife. They never, they never say ex. So maybe his his current wife, who has <laughs> run away from him, yep. um, she bursts into the room and she runs to the casket and she just has to see him. She has to open it up and make sure um, of something. And so she gets to him and she's like, jams her thumb into his forehead. Yes. That's my question. Did she know he got spiked through the head? Because, like, there's no indication on the butt. There's no, like, even indent or anything. Like, it seems odd that she would know that. Yeah. Unless she was using does. witchy powers because she also had a bunch of shamanistic I'm, things and stuff. It's true. It's possible that the two of them were just, like, both both witchy folks. <laughs> and he just happened to be the one that got caught in the middle of it. And she still knows what's up. And she managed to make that talisman that protected her and all that stuff. So maybe that's it. I mean, all, all off screen kind of conjecture, (laughs) but, uh, but she does. She, she is not hesitant about sticking her thumb directly (laughs) into his gross dead brain and pulling out some, yeah, just a cool effect. Brown, brown, gray brain matter and (laughs) (laughs) stuff. And, uh, I also like that, she grabs one of them and they don't care that she's getting brain matter all over their shirt. I didn't notice. I that. enjoyed that too. <laughs> They're like, eh, whatever. It's no big deal. Um, so she sees Brian wearing the ring and she freaks out and runs and that's it, which is unfortunate because I feel like at this point, knowing what she knows, she could have she stopped everything. To, she absolutely that she knows what he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. She just freaks out because maybe she doesn't. I mean, maybe she I thinks she's, she's already like, Nargor. If if that is the possessor. Here's the thing that's stupid about the whole thing. If she'd brought that fucking talisman with her, she could have slapped it on his forehead. And if he doesn't fall over, then she would have gone. Oh, yeah. cool. Take off that fucking ring and bury it with him. Wouldn't that be a better death tester? <laughs> yes. Than her thumb? So much better. Yeah, better than sticking your thumb in his brain? Yeah. <laughs> so much better. You have magic, lady. Use demons it. can live with a thumb in their brain. That's demon <laughs> shit right there. <laughs> Absolutely. She didn't prove God. anything. 
Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, so gross. But uh, next day, uh, Brian's wife is leaving. Julie is leaving town, leaving him home alone. He's going to get into <laughs> all sorts of Kevin McAllister nonsense. Uh, so Brian goes back inside, leaves her at her car. She takes off. And then we get this spooky Thuvan throat singing soundtrack stuff in the background. So we know something spooky is about to happen. Um, and he decides to creep up to Francis's apartment and steal that Ouija board. Again, in a world without cops, there is no locked doors, no caution, caution tape, no nothing. You could just go into the crime scene. Okay, so this brings me to the next point. Why didn't he just leave his fucking building to this guy? So he didn't leave the building in his will mm-hmm. to this guy whose body he knew he was trying to take over? Did I, My question was, did he actually have that will? Or is that just what he said after he was... He didn't say anything about the will till he was possessed, right? When oh, yeah, deco- yeah, yeah, When he decorated all the no, house? No, there wasn't... There, I mean, there obviously wasn't a will. But yeah. if he had planned on this whole thing, he's going to lose that building. Mm-hmm. And he kind of wants to be there, I assume. So I don't I, know why he didn't just... I don't know if he planned on it though. I think it was just the perfect like, oh, these tenants, this will work. Now just time. like you think that he decided to kill himself right at that second? Yeah. No, like <laughs> no, he decided he was going to do that. Like after he gave him the ring, after he gave him the speech, like he, he planned yeah. all of that out. But I don't think this was like a right. four gone. Like I think he was just okay. wanted to move fast. I don't think he wanted to go to a notary, get all the shit done, write it up, like true and then cops would definitely be involved yeah. if he had done that if like if he'd left the building to him mm-hmm. then that would definitely be suspicious yeah. um so he takes the uh, he takes the the ouija board and i kind of love this it's like it doesn't like <laughs> it's cold starting like it's not really starting up like yeah. it's, it's just like come on what's going on nothing 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 and then we get the evil dead ghost vision with the POV of the evil dead ghost coming in through the window. Cause apparently he was downtown getting a coffee or something. Oh, 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 oh they didn't have the cool crane shot in this movie. They just did a slow <laughs> zoom. <laughs> yeah. They really cheaped out of the, the evil uh, dead cam in this one. <laughs> definitely. The budgets have continued to go down movie <laughs> to movie as this is gone, but still good looking movie. Well shot. Oh, yeah. Very competent. Just imagine if very all the well evil dead acted. cam was just nothing but zoom. <laughs> <laughs> But it does, it gives you kind of the Evil Dead feel. I mean, yeah. it, I mean, obviously it's better if it's on a board and run through the woods. Yeah. But it still looks cool. Yep. Um, so finally, once, this, why is the, <laughs> this is unimportant, but why the hell is the ghost not around the building? Why does the ghost need to come, like, his spirit is somewhere yeah. else? He was out doing ghost laundry. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. So, all right. So he finally gets into the Ouija or he, board. He, and he, he, said, he was just getting back from Florida from spoiling <laughs> the oranges. <laughs> oh, that's right. He probably just got back from wherever the coffee is. He probably are, just got back from Columbia. They are in a snowy climate, so that's obviously far away. <laughs> yeah, the the weather definitely was continuity weird. It felt like it felt like it was hopping from spring to winter a lot. No, but, I think I think it was getting into winter because you saw their breath on the balcony too. Then there was a lot of that's snow. That's true. 
and they were like, oh, it's cold out here and all that. Yeah. I do like movies with snow. I like snow scenes. I do too. Yeah. Uh, I like the fact that this was shot in Montreal, and I like the fact that everybody had a Canadian accent except <laughs> for the, the main spooky guy. Yeah. I loved hearing everybody say a boot. It was nice. <laughs> I, I didn't know. actually notice that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Even the main it's... character has a has a pretty heavy Canadian accent, and he's like a fairly... He's he's done some stuff, right? I've seen him in other things. I don't know. I was too busy making sound effects over the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. Uh, <laughs> so this is the cartoon of the movie. This shit is nuts. Oh, are we talking? So, we talking Kingpin Butterfly Collector here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is a, so we fucking took my line. I was gonna say this guy was a cartoon of the movie. <laughs> well, I mean. This guy's a fucking Batman villain is yes, what he is. Yes. This is like, he is like, he is out of nowhere. Such a cartoon. So oh, he we, goes we, to we, this. We, we skipped over where he, he uses a Ouija board and learns to buy coffee. Yes. So, buy coffee. It so, says. so then he calls his broker or somebody and he needs $50,000 cash to buy coffee. Yep. We know he doesn't have I, that because he lost everything. So he goes to the cartoon. <laughs> I have a problem with that too. I mean, maybe it's just that I don't know anything about, uh, I mean, it is true that I don't know anything about commodities trading, God, but I either. do know one thing. If you hand someone $50,000 in cash and say, purchase me stock by the end of the day, and you're like, and I'm going to need to turn this around in 24 hours and have a larger pile of cash... <laughs> I don't think that's possible. The idea of turning cash into cash yeah, that's that a, quickly that's, seems impossible. That's a scratch ticket, not a stock market. Yeah. That, I mean, even a scratch ticket, they're going to send you a check and it's going to take a yeah. week. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know how he could liquidize that money that quickly, but he knows a way. And uh, got to go to King. So, so he's, <laughs> he's got to go to the butterfly man. So this guy is some <laughs> sort of investment banker who does loan sharking on the side mm -hmm. and he is so into butterfly collecting that not only is he, you know, it's not like an actor choice where it's like, I'm pinning a butterfly to a, it's not something so simple. Yeah. He has a giant desk and there are bottles of formaldehyde <laughs> and like cotton swabs uh, and pins everywhere. Tons There's of butterflies. Like all butterflies. There's just everywhere and he like he has no room for anything but butterflies on his desk <laughs> and so he's just there with his goon poking butterflies waiting for this guy to come in and make him an offer for a loan sharking 24-hour deal he needs to pay him 25 percent in 24 hours or he's gonna take his thumbs or whatever yeah. so apparently this guy can drop 50,000 get that he'll get 50,000 and be able to make over 62500 within 24 hours to pay him back. Yep. And then still have a profit over that. That's some, that's some smart investing. Yes. That, I mean, he's, he's looking at the, uh, at the return that he was getting on the, uh, on the other one, whatever the, uh, the oranges. Mm -hmm. He was like, well, it's, he's just guaranteeing that that's the amount that he's going to get back. He's like, yep. totally. That'll be exactly that amount. And I love, uh, I love when, when the, uh, so yeah, if he's got to do that in 24 hours, and I love the cartoon where he says to his henchmen there, uh, 
Bring Brian downstairs and give him $50,000 in currency. <laughs> yeah. I love I love giant, super strong, fat gangster kingpin types mm-hmm. who speak like this. They like always this. enunciate every Everything. word. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, and he is, he's fun. Um, and so he does that. He wakes up in the morning and coffee has tanked. Oh, no. Oh, shit. <laughs> so he's really, really f- about to lose it all. This, and so the day passes, coffee is still bad by the end of the day, and he apparently has a case for this Ouija board, which I love. Yeah, he found that somewhere. But he also, before <laughs> before he leaves with that case, he asks the Ouija board, like, what did you do to me? I'm fucked. And the Ouija board says, hold. Hold on to that yeah. coffee. It's going to be okay. So yeah. Brian finds that Ouija board case, which is a perfect size for the Ouija board, <laughs> uh, yep. packs it up. <laughs> And goes back to the cartoons to tell him he doesn't have the money. My question, <laughs> what was his end game with bringing the Ouija board to the cartoon kingpin? Like, was I he going to be tell like, you. oh, you got this? <laughs> okay, okay, I, like, I absolutely like, know because I rewound it and I was like, what the fuck is he thinking? And he literally, before he gets grabbed, he's like, no, wait, let me show you. Was his last word before the goon grabs him. So he was going to take the Ouija board out and be like, look. It points towards coffee. Again, the end game. What? (laughs) (laughs) And what's weird about this scene is he only makes it out of there with all of his fingers uh, because he brought that Ouija board. Yes. Yep. Which is also an odd point to me. He had a hunch. (sighs) (laughs) A Ouija hunch. So the cartoon uh, grabs him when he doesn't have the money and he starts doing this like uh, that bad guy torture speech. It, 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 oh, it, yeah. He's like, do you know each finger has a name? And I'm waiting for him to like name the Latin name or something for each finger, something important, but then he's just like, this is your index finger. This is your middle finger. It's like, oh, oh okay. It was... <laughs> He said index finger, and I was like, "Okay, he could still he could still start getting get getting scientific in the middle finger." Oh no, he's nope. not going. He's gonna have no. This is your ring finger. He's got to have something better than pinky finger. Nope, he's got oh, pinky finger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I fucking knew that. I went to kindergarten, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yes, he does do that speech, and he's like. He basically tells him uh, that he can choose which finger he's going to cut off, mm-hmm. uh, which comes back later. It's kind of foreshadowing to the cool. end of the movie, yeah. uh, which so is kind of cool. So he's going to cut his pinky. He gets cut in the shuffle. Blood drips on the, not the Ouija board, <laughs> blood drips on the briefcase for the Ouija board. The Ouija case. <laughs> and that's enough to set it shaking so hilarious. <laughs> and uh, holy shit, this scene. Yeah, this is the this is my favorite scene of the whole movie. This is the this is the Nightmare on Elm Street scene of this movie. Oh, definitely. Uh, so <laughs> every single butterfly and pin starts sticking to this flying up and sticking to this guy's face. The effects are great, uh, especially when, especially when he gets all the pins in the face like at once. We're just like, Ooh. Yep. <laughs> oh, and more Hellraiser shit. Yeah, that, that loves was the his pin. pin he yeah. he got a pin head. If you will, if you will, pardon, pardon the pun. Uh, but yeah, he does. And uh, and his goon gets it 
Um, that oh, was yeah. amazing. That, that was, was a cool really kill. great scene. Uh, he just basically there's some sort of like small antlers on the on the wall. It's like a it's like a weird mask with horns. Yeah, and he gets his head. Like that. He, he gets the door slammed in his face, and the back of his head just goes, and he gets the antlers right, right through his own head. Oh shit! So he has demon horns. Yes. So Brian. More foreshadowing. So so cartoon gets killed. The goon gets killed, and Brian's just like, "Fuck this! I'm taking my Ouija board and getting out of here." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so he's. I mean, this is the best of both worlds for him. He's got the fifty thousand dollars invested. Never has to pay it back because there's yep. no way that there was a money trail for that, and so he's he's free and clear. Um, what's next? I would be, oh, oh wait, he, this world does have cops. They do say uh, when we see him bringing Cartoon's body out, the yeah. cops admit that they do not have any suspects. Or yes, do they not have any suspects because there aren't actually any cops? <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> why. That's it. <laughs> you cracked it. Uh, <laughs> I could be a cop. <laughs> so Brian now goes to the boiler room uh, with the Ouija board. Do these old apartments really have those? Like all these, I don't these, know. these giant furnaces that are always on fire. Just, and yeah. who the fuck is tending to that furnace flame? Or do you have to Just keep like feeding accessible. that coal? Because... The landlord's dead. I, there wasn't any building manager we Somebody's putting coal in that thing. <laughs> I mean, if that's a coal fire furnace, that's crazy. I have no idea. But it's something that's it, definitely it, on fire. It's the furnace. And, he, and like in every one of these movies, he hesitates a lot for no reason. Yeah. He's like, well, this thing needs to go away. And he's like, or does it? Well, I, I think there's a reason. Because I think, I think he knows that this thing could make him money, but he also just witnessed this thing uh, killing people. So I think, I think he was trying to wrestle with himself. Like, do I want all the monies or do I want to keep right. getting monies and kill people? Like, yeah. Yep. True. True. And so he wrestles with himself for too long. And, uh, and yeah, the evil ghost... The evil dead ghost starts coming, and then uh, this is a cool. Instead of this is yeah, this was interesting because there's water pouring down the ceiling, this so there's total, a wet light bulb. Totally a final destination moment here. Totally, a wet light bulb swings because the ghost moves it, and it hits him in the head. And electrocutes him. No, it hits somehow. the uh, it hits the metal furnace door that I thought he was holding. That's what's that's he's what holding onto that furnace door. Yeah, it's a heatproof oh. furnace door. Okay. <laughs> it wouldn't be hot from those flames at all. No, it's no a cast iron door that's just being or, blasted by. Or he he muddled over the fact of whether he should throw that board to the fire so long that it cooled off. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's what I that's what I thought happened. He was touching that door. The light bulb hit the door with the water and the electricity, and he's holding the metal, and it zapped him across yeah, the room. Yeah, it, it totally had got to be something. Shot. He definitely got electrocuted. It had something to do with water and the light bulb cracking. Yeah, but I couldn't really I couldn't really track what was going on. Again, I had a terrible transfer on YouTube. The YouTube version, because they you're also going to have scenes that I don't have. There was no nudity in mine. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Yes, that was very sad. And they definitely cleaned up one of the kills, like, to nothing. Yeah. And it was backwards. It was oh, yep. flipped. Yep. So that, so that it wouldn't get tracked by whatever software can find it. 
Oh, fun uh, fact, whatever. fun fact with the nudity. That's why, apparently, Kevin Tenney wasn't back on board on this one. They wouldn't let him direct this one because he couldn't convince Amy Dolan to get naked in the last one. So they made sure they hired an actress that would do nudity in this one and said Kevin couldn't do it. Wow, that is bullshit. That's, that's what I read, uh, you know, that's on IMDb. Terrible. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's some sleazy Hollywood producer shit right there. That is, that is beyond beyond. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's really too bad, especially when you've got somebody like this who is, like, it's his fucking series. Yeah. Ugh, gross. Sorry, you didn't That's deliver a... me the boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Get a new picture. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. You could just if if that was that important to them. I mean, like just you can just boobs. hire you can hire somebody who just is like a nude model to just yep. kind of walk past. Oh, and then we went by this window and there was a naked lady and she yeah. waved. There you go. Cool. Everything's fine. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. So. So he's flipping around on the floor, all electrocuted. <laughs> and uh, I love this part uh, so much. <laughs> <laughs> Please, give me. <laughs> so, so we see his blue body raise up and just float away and flies through the planchette, through the planchette <laughs> hole, woo, woo, and swirls through the air and then get, and get into a mirror. And then we see his yep. face being like trapped in the mirror. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, look, that is... It looks so silly, and this is what I'm talking about with this movie. Like, it's it's cool. Like the death was cool. The, the you know he looks dead. Like, and then you do that goofy ass. I'm a ghost now. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas Carol bullshit, and it looks so <laughs> foolish. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it was, it's you're watching like a kid, you're silly. watching a Goosebumps episode all of a sudden. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I agree. Um, but it was. I mean, I think this was a shocking. Even like even though I knew what this movie was, and I had seen it before, I still think I like when I saw this part, I was like, "Oh right, he's fucking dead." Yep. Oh, that's crazy. And, it is and so cool. like they're, they're really like, cool shocking story. him with the paddles, and nothing's happening, and yeah. Well, here's another problem I have though. Then his wife gets back from her three day business trip or whatever it was. Right. And she finds him in the basement. Yeah, she what? goes to the basement before she goes home. What the fuck she doing in the basement? <laughs> you live on like the fourth floor. I'm Maybe like, she's she gonna put in coal in the furnace. Soft. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's it. Yep, she's <laughs> she's been gone for three days, and it was almost. That's why he could touch that's it. That's why he could touch it. Is because Nobody there was no. Coal f- in it. <laughs> the fire was way down. It was just <laughs> barely warm. It all makes sense. Yes. Every <laughs> so, little piece. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they shock him, and eventually he comes back. Some crazy ghosty shit happens. He does crazy twitching, and the, the monitoring system goes nuts. And uh, and they're like, oh, he's back. And so he comes back from the dead, and uh, and now he's home, but he's acting weird. And we know what's up already. And his hair is all slicked back. Once he once he gets right. possessed, he gets immediate greaseball hair. <laughs> yes, he has he has uh, Gordon Gecko Wall Street hair. Yeah. He has the like the slicked back. Oh, like, so gross! I'm, I'm a sleaze ball, and I love it because even in the end, way at the end, when he actually comes back into his body, <laughs> the second he comes now. back, his hair just goes. Poof. <laughs> <laughs> it just pops back out to normal. It's like, oh, okay. Now we know who you are because you've got that poofy hair. Um, 
So but remember Brian that, kid. Also... Step back <laughs> hair. Demon. <laughs> yep. So uh, he's uh, he's still kind of out of it, but uh, he's staring at the Ouija board creepily, and the, the camera gets a lingering shot of the ring on his hand. Uh, we cut to the next day, and Brian has added a lot of plants to the house. The house is full of plants. Julie comes home and she's like, what the fuck did you do here? The house is literally full of plants. And he's like, I made $500,000. And she's like, cool. And you bought plants with it. And, apparently. And, and she, he bought her a new Miata too. Yes. That she doesn't drive. No, she doesn't. We never see her. She drives does her once she? to the party there. Yeah. They want, she drives on the way to dinner. Oh, does she? Okay. Yeah, they go out to dinner after this. But yeah, I don't get because... what the I don't get what the plants are about. <laughs> I don't either. I mean, he liked them, and they were in his apartment, and he just wanted to bring them back into his apartment, so he felt at home. I guess. Were there all Evil those plants people? in Francis's apartment? I don't remember that. Uh, again, <laughs> my copy was so dark. Yeah. they probably were, but. <laughs> That's just how he spends his money. He made a half million dollars in stocks and he's like, I need some fucking plants. Um, So he talks about his out of body experience at dinner and bores everyone to death. And then now we go home after the dinner and now is the time for the creepy sex stuff with the, with the person in the wrong body seducing the the wife. And I cut right there. I don't know about you. Oh, yours, your copy? Mike, he's like, you should take your clothes off. And she's like, okay. And then <laughs> cuts right there. Oh, you missed all the boobies. I'm assuming, yeah, I think I missed all the boobies. Uh, yeah, it, go, it goes on a little too long. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Um, boobies are nice, but this is one of those movies where you look at the back of a guy's neck under dark light a lot. It's like, okay, <laughs> got, got it. Yeah. He's thrusting. <laughs> yep. Yep. You could have just started make it out and like fade to black, but nope, they had this long ass Skinamax scene. <laughs> right. Probably because the director uh, was like, shit, I don't know what happened to Kevin Teddy. I'm not letting him do that to me. <laughs> I'd, I'd better be careful about that. Um, and, <laughs> and so we cut from there to a to an aerobics workout that yeah. they're doing yeah, it looks like a, at a sitcom gym. gym every sitcom goes it, to the gym in one episode and this looks like that <laughs> and absolutely they're they're 100 wearing the uh like that that like olivia newton john let's get physical like that exact like mm-hmm. pink and blue like like the bikini uh the one piece over the black leggings yeah but, yeah. yeah super super 80s looking stuff um and she says, oh, he should have had a near-death experience a long time ago. Because he's doing lots of good sex to me. <laughs> yes, I'm enjoying you sexing me. Um, and <laughs> I guess... Well, this is where we, this oh, is the- he's a new man, she says. <laughs> yep. Oh, and now he wants a baby. That's the yeah, important he wants thing the, that we get That's, that's the important part of the gym part. He wants the yep. baby. And then... We cut to her at home sleeping, and he's stealing her hair. Yes, and and, <laughs> and her engagement and her ring. ring, despite the fact that they're married. There was no diamond in that; it was just the engagement ring. Hmm. Maybe that was part of him losing his job. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Wait, no. What? Because she cuts his face with a diamond ring at the end. What? When she punches him. She did not have a diamond. Her... He, he, no, she, she does not. That was a, that was yeah, a band. Yeah, it was just a band. And then it's a diamond when he when she punches him in the face, it cuts him. Yeah. And then it cuts to the to the ring and there's a big diamond in it. Oh, really? Yeah, cuz that's what cuts him. You botched so, uh... that up, movie. <laughs> Oh, they bought it sometime in the middle. That's fine. Um, yeah, so now Francis is a cult shit is all over their apartment. He's got the crossbow, the masks, the weird fetishes everywhere. He didn't run this uh, by Julie at all. No, not at all. Uh, Brian is now full on slicking his hair back in a Steven Seagal ponytail. He's got the little little crappy Seagal tail. Um, I he lo- explains to her that he left the stuff to her in the will. Yes, and I love that he's he's all in his business suit, ready to go out and do important business shit. But he has a red hair tie scrunchie, like for his ponytail hair. I guess that's that's killer professional right there. I'm telling you, that's a power move. That's what that is. That's a power you, scrunchie. You dress in a fancy suit and then use a red scrunchie, and mm-hmm. people are like, "How could you do that? He must be very confident." Yes, he must know stuff we don't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we should follow this man. He's exuding power. Um, so, uh, they're, they're apparently meeting Lisa tonight. And so Julie is at home doing like her home anthropological research on some of these like giant big stone things that he has left in the, in the house. And she's like, Oh, all these things, the, the Ouija board and all this, it's all ancient Sumerian, but she assumes it's all reproductions. Was it Sumerian and the Evil Deads too? Yeah, I think so. Sumerian demon, right? Uh, Kandarian. Kandarian. Evil oh. Dead. oh, I'm thinking but... Dead Alive. Sumerian rat monkey. <laughs> Sumatran <laughs> rat monkey. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> uh-huh, sorry. <laughs> Fuck movie as Sumerian. God, I, if you guys know the answer, please call in now. <laughs> no, but there is definitely a Sumerian thing in Evil Dead. Um, yeah, Sumerian burial rituals. Wait, was it Blood Diner stuff. with the Sumerian Blood Buffet? That might be it. You might you might have me on that one because I haven't <laughs> seen that in forever. Um, this is when Lisa calls, and uh, so she gets the opportunity to actually talk to another person. This is where the movie finally passes the Bechdel test, which is nice. She talks to another another person about something else other than the main male characters mm-hmm. in the movie. She talks to her about Sumerian artifacts. Um, and uh, so meanwhile, her ghost husband is like yelling through every piece of glass in the house <laughs> to get her that. attention. I lo- <laughs> it's so hokey. <laughs> and the sound too, like, I'm in here. <laughs> yeah, the big, like, the big phaser sound. It's hilarious um now lisa brian and julie are three bottles of wine deep and he's gonna try to get a threesome going oh yeah uh and it's not gonna happen uh strangely well not in your cut oh, no it didn't really happen in mine no, uh, they, they really dropped the ball like i don't know why you wouldn't have a the, yeah <laughs> but strangely it upsets her you yeah. know Just for some reason his wife is like whoa uh no <laughs> and uh yeah and so now she's she's freaked out and he's like oh don't worry about it and he comforts her and then starts feeling up lisa behind her back 
<laughs> literally feeling up Lisa behind her back, which is pretty hilarious. Uh, That's they, not the Brian we used to know. <laughs> it really isn't. He has changed. Uh, so they're driving home, and she turns to him and she says, "Still my funny Valentine." And he says, "What?" what? <laughs> now I'm just gonna give you a little 101 on taking over someone's body. Someone says something unusual to you like that. The answer is yes. yes. <laughs> it's, it's just like improv class. Yes. And you just smile and agree with them. Don't say what. <laughs> what the Come on, Nargor. You've been doing this long enough. <laughs> exactly. It's, this is not Nargor's first fucking rodeo. He should know. Just say yes to these things. I'm just declaring this demon Nargor. This is Nargor. Yeah, sure. Uh, so she's suspicious. Uh, Brian's sleeping and Julie's on the couch having having her crazy nightmare now. Oh, yeah. Ghost Brian is calling her from the picture frame and he's naked and he keeps posing in different hilarious ways. One of them, his hands are just above his head to show off his lats. And he's just like, hey, I'm in here. Oh, hey, look at me. Now I'm sitting. That's my butt. One time he was in the doorway, right? Like holding himself yep, up. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like straight sexy posing. Uh, and then she sees the Ouija board turn evil. The planchette gets a crazy face <sighs> and she wakes up. And again, yeah. it, we were talking about, we yeah, love that old rough. CGI, but it, it fucking takes you right out of it. It's so goofy. Yeah. That's that one is pretty hokey. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, evil Brian is now eating a, an apple menacingly over her while she says she still needs space. Oh. And uh, and he's that, like, that's cool. This is the second What's movie that? where we got a cool bad guy confidently eating fruit. The other being yes. Stacey Keach in Class of 99. Oh, man. <laughs> he's got to hang he's, out with Brian and, and they can have a banana and apple together. <laughs> oh, man. And milk. Yeah. So, <laughs> the milk. Uh, now he goes straight to the bathroom. And he has a conversation with Mirror Brian. So evil, evil, possessy Brian and good Brian behind the mirror are now having a conversation. He says, if you try to contact Julie, I'll kill her which, and I'm going to impregnate her and blah, blah, blah. Which makes no sense. Like he needs Julie for the kid. Yeah. Like, why would he? So kill it's him? a well, I mean, it's a clearly threat? it's it's an empty threat. But I mean. He goes to impregnate that other lady and then just winds up killing her. So who knows? <laughs> he might just be a murdery demon that can't yeah. control himself. Oh, Nargor. Nargor. God. Um, so. He goes oh, to yeah, Lisa's house his, now, right? And this is when he says his catchphrase again. So he's like yelling and he's like, I'll see you in the funny papers. And then he leaves. Um. The only thing I like about that is that it is like one of those it's it is a catchphrase from like a way older time. So you can tell that it's a much older person. What did that phrase even mean? I was trying to think about that. I don't know. I think it's implying that you are some sort of cartoon character. Like, are you going to do something stupid that's funny? So that's where he's going to see it. Or why would you turn into a comic <laughs> strip? I, <it's> just <laughs> All I know is I'm going to start using it for now on. Yeah, I think so. I think that's I think that's your new thing. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> Lisa calls and says she's sorry. So she's very sorry about everything that's happened. Uh, evil Brian leaves her alone in the apartment and goes to uh, to visit. 
or leaves Julie alone in the apartment. Yeah. He goes off to visit Lisa. He gets to the door. She's in a towel. She opens the door for him in a towel. And uh, he chases her around saying that he wants to make a baby. Which is, he comes on kind uh, of strong. He he definitely missed his window there. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think a softer approach probably could have won the day in this case, but uh yeah, he definitely did not uh, did not handle this properly. Uh and uh he kills her. Yeah. This so was... I didn't get this kill scene. Oh. I basically got so this is on you. All okay. I got was it basically is like his eyes turn a funny color and then she's got glass through her head or whatever. Yeah, they, uh, well, she, he started chasing her around the apartment and she lost her towel and kept trying to hold her towel up to her. But it cracked me up because she was still wearing underpants, but like she was just nice. about to get into the shower. So it's just like, where'd those come from? Uh, yeah. But, uh, that's but how he chased she does her, it. Yeah, he chased her on the apartment. Then we get this crazy ass CG effect where he turns into the demon head at the end for a second turns back into his head, grows some cat eyes, shoots her across the bathroom. And she slant. And it's, it's a kind of a funny shot. Like it's a cool looking shot, but it's kind of funny. You see her arms like, Oh, she falls backwards through the glass door. And then he, uh, Oh yeah. He makes his cat eye powers, make the, the shattered glass on the top of the shower fall down onto her stomach. Uh, nice. it's a pretty cool kill. Awesome. I wish it was in my version. Yeah. This movie is hard to find. For yeah. some reason, I, I found it right. On, I found it right on my shelf of tapes. Well, <laughs> la di da, fancy man. <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. Okay, so actually, can you explain this? Maybe this was from something that I didn't have. So the next scene is Julie examining her shoulder, and she's got a big ass bruise on her shoulder. It, it was. What the fuck a, happened? Uh, that I can't explain either. I was I was wondering. It looked almost like, and then she looked at that um, tablet that she was examining, and it looked almost like it wasn't so much a bruise, but almost like an indent or like a face that was also on that tablet was like indented into that bruise. I think. Huh. Either way, it doesn't play into anything, and it made no sense okay. to me either. Nope, we're yeah, both, we're both was... lost that one. Okay. Call cool. it now well... if, you, if anybody out there knows. <laughs> yeah, no one knows. Hmm? Um. So she goes up to Francis's apartment, which is, of course, not locked, uh, you know, and, and, just piles and, and piles of like priceless occult objects laying everywhere. Nothing's going eh, on with that. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, there are candles lit, which is obviously suspicious. Uh, and there are fertility fetishes sitting on the uh, <laughs> on one of the tables. And underneath them is some of her hair and the ring that was stolen from her. Uh, and she's freaking out about that so she runs home takes a pregnancy test and she's stoked because it's negative now do you think it's negative because she took her hair back like do you think that was what that was doing was like helping that was a fertility statue that was going to help because it had her belonging and since she took it back good question i mean they didn't really address much of the birth control issue if she didn't take it back when she had the baby did she just kill her baby no Hmm. I, I mean, I think that she had to be pregnant if that was going to happen. I don't think that it's just going to manifest a demon baby in her. <laughs> or maybe it is. Who knows? Do pregnancy tests work on Nargor demon spawn? And there's the other thing, too, is it's like this is literally the, the offspring of a demon. Yeah. Is that going to show up on a 
<laughs> on a pee on a stick pregnancy test? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think it's really prepared for whatever that is. Either way, spoiler alert, we're never going to see a baby Nargor. No, no baby Nargors. Uh, <clears throat> so she grabs the Ouija and hides it under her bed because she hears Brian coming home or evil Brian coming home. Uh, she gets a call from Lisa's mother. She starts crying because Lisa's mother's like, hey, for some reason, Lisa threw herself through a shower and exploded. <laughs> Backwards. And, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and Brian is now sorry about all of this. And so she goes to the bedroom with the Ouija board. And uh, the planchette jumps and hisses, which I thought was fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I loved that moment. That was really cool. And it spells out funny Valentine. It's Brian. He's in the mirror. She can now see him. So he's like, I'm over here and points her to the mirror. She can see him in the mirror. She grabs it, brings it into the bed uh, and puts it by the Ouija. I don't know what the point of that is just to see him, I guess. He could obviously like, spell shit when he wasn't there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I probably mean, just to hang like, out with him. Yeah. It's just like a FaceTime kind of thing. It's like what we're doing. It's like what we're doing. It's like sort yeah. of Sort of, sort of a Zoom kind Ooh, of... let's use mirrors next time. <laughs> Afterlife Zoom. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so he then spells out 346 Clark Street, which... I, Jesus Christ. I don't know what happens when you die, but do you have an instant knowledge of the geography? Thank of you! The, what the, where do you get this information? I mean, maybe he's just, like, completely unmoored and he can run around in ghost... But what, did he every go to time, the library it, as a ghost and look up the name in a ghost phone book? What the fuck? Maybe he just flew from window to window looking to find that woman that was at the funeral. I mean, he's got ghost time, plenty of time. He, he does have he does have plenty of ghost time. So maybe that was it. Maybe he just literally looked in every single window. Um, and that's the deal with ghosts in this world is also that they're like completely unmoored from anything. They're not tied to a house. They're yep. not tied to the Ouija board. I mean, they have to actually actively come find the Ouija board every yeah. single time. They can, like go, they can go to Florida and from, screw up the orange crop yeah. if they want. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, so, um, yeah. Brian bursts in. She hides the Ouija. And, well, fake Brian. And, uh, you know, she's covering it up. And he's like, why don't we go out for some dinner? And she's like, why don't I make you some food at home? And it's like, ha I bet they're going to have shrimp scampi. Yep. And so question, she does. He starts, he starts choking. She, he, she's not allowed to have seafood in the house because of that. <laughs> so are you telling me evil Brian let her drive down to go grocery shopping where she could easily get away from him to get that fish? Come on movie. So, <laughs> I don't know if she's, is she not allowed to have it in the house? I she mean, said that in the thing. She's like, it's my treat here because I'm not allowed to have it at the apartment, at the museum. She said that. That's crazy. I'm pretty sure she said she wasn't even allowed to because have it in the house. Like, his reaction like, is so mild. He lives through it. He He's he, breathing he, fine later. He shakes it right off. He shakes it off. I mean, like... If this was a, a like a peanut allergy or something, it would be death. Oh yeah. It would yeah. be you know just like oh, and I choked to death and died. Mm-hmm. There it is. Yeah. End of story. But uh, nope. In this case, he just kind of shakes it off. But uh, yeah. So she she has a really like strong line where she's 
establishing that she has taken back over. She's like, did you forget that you're allergic to shellfish yeah. or whatever it was, or allergic to shrimp or whatever. And then runs um, off to Clark street while he's choking. Yep. She takes off in her old car. Yeah. I wondered that. Yeah. That was, that was my question too. I love that old car. But, it looks, it looks like, I think it's a Subaru Justy and it's got like a, like a Dixie cup, like a solo cup <laughs> design all over the side of it. Yeah. It looks like the, like the Greek restaurant coffee cups. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's love great. It. Um, so it turns out the person that lives at 346 Clark is Francis's wife. Uh, Who decides and, to not help her and then decides 20 seconds later to help her. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think she decides once she sees that Brian is coming to the house. Mm-hmm. I think that was the deciding factor. She senses that Brian's on his way to the house. Oh, okay. And she's like, oh, shit. Oh, you know what? Fine. I'll just let him kill me, I guess. Because yeah, I'm we, sick we're, of shit. We were just bugged by that part. We are just like, why, why would she fight her at first? Why wouldn't she just be like, oh, it's you. I know what's going on. Come inside. Like, right. <laughs> it's a pointless little diatribe. Yeah, I have no answer for that one, unfortunately. Um, so, what happens here? She lets she lets her in and starts educating her basically about what's going on, the possession, and then gives her the right. rules. She gives her this uh, weird, like I don't know, like shaftless it's knife a, uh, that has to get. It's his... a spearhead talisman type thing. Yeah, so is it, were, not... were those two separate items, or were they the same item? I couldn't quite tell. It's it's the same. She's oh, okay. She had, so the talisman. Wait. Oh fuck! You're right. Uh, the thing that she holds up to him that makes him fly backwards. It's the same, way. and it's okay. really weird because she tells him she tells her that he can't hurt her when she's wearing that. So the first thing Julie okay. does is take the fucking thing off. <laughs> so frustrating. And then, and, and then the rules are you have to get his blood, blood from the host, yes. on it, and then pierce yes. his skin. Uh, Right. But do you need to do the blood thing first? Wouldn't the pierced skin get the blood on the fucking blade? That was so frustrating. I, yeah. yeah, that annoyed the hell out of me. I was like, you could really kill two birds with one stone just by stabbing him yeah. with it. The blood will be on it when it stabs him. Yep. It, I think it'll be fine. Because, the, yeah, the only thing that didn't make... Like, if, if it was something where, like, it can't even penetrate his skin unless... Unless it's got the blood on it, yeah. Unless it's got the blood, but then how do you get the blood? So... It's a weird, but different knife. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a weird little magic thing. And the next problem I had was, why in this situation, why would you split up? Why would you take the person who knows everything about the magic mm-hmm. away from the person who has the talisman, when the two of you could work together? I didn't even think of that. In the <laughs> same room where she's surrounded by magical objects, yeah. some of which must must have like she's had a lot of time to prepare for this. She's probably got more than just the talisman kicking around here. Yeah. You know, if she's been like prepping for this demon for the last however many years. I don't think she's been prepping, though. I think she's just been hiding out, even though the demon well, seems to know exactly where she is. Because Brian just hops in his Miata and drives to her house. There's a, yeah. lot, there's a lot of weird broken parts in this. Uh, yeah, that is that's very strange. But either way, that is not how it goes down. And she's like, you get out of here. I'm going to get killed. Yeah. <laughs> and so she tells her, Julie did, to take off. Did you see her death or was that cut? I did. Her death was definitely in this. That's a total that nightmare. That was a fun Truman. one. Yeah, with the rope. And the. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she gets pulled up to the ceiling and like just all sorts of crazy shits flying all over the place. 
giant statue, big stone statues are flying around the room. Yeah. And then eventually she gets stabbed with just random knives. Yep. But, you know, magical knives. Shit flying <laughs> magically. It was magic. So yeah, that was a fun death. Um, okay, so... She runs back home and hides with a kitchen knife waiting for Brian to get there. Yes. <laughs> yep. But you're right. Why would she even leave the magic house? <laughs> I do not know. She didn't have anything <laughs> at her house that she needed to get to, to the best of my knowledge. No, there, there was she no point. She could have just it stayed there literally... and fought there, yeah. Right. It would, have been, it would have been a much better place to fight, and instead she just does it elsewhere. Um, so she needs, there's the three steps to this thing are she needs the ring, she needs his blood, and she needs to rub it on the talisman and then stab him. So I guess four, four steps total. Um, and so. And she never once thinks to call the police ever before she even figures out Brian's possessed before she figures like my husband's scaring me. Nope. Nope. Not at all. (laughs) So she goes back. And uh, and he's he has shaken his anaphylaxis like that. He's like, yeah, eh, quick, quick no. recovery. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally fine. Breathing fine. Could be crazy ghost powers can kick that out of your system quickly. Um, and we get a real obvious shining homage here, <laughs> like a really over the top shining homage. She's standing there with the knife clutching it to her. He sticks his head through the door. Very, very, very shiny. Which yeah, I didn't pick up on that. Of, it was kind of fun. Um, and she's like, and I mean, he even says, uh, honey, I'm home. Or, you know, yeah. like basically, he basically hears Johnny's. And uh, so she takes off the fucking talisman. Like you said. Yeah. <laughs> Once you're wearing this, he can't hurt you. Yeah. Cool, let me take it off. And so she she points it towards him, and he flies across the room, and he's like, Aha, you have one of these things. You're pretty fancy now, aren't you? And then she, he throws her across the room, and she instantly drops it. She's not holding onto that thing for dear life at all. Um, and she is bad at pressing her advantage, too. Yes. Because, like, she's knocked him down onto the floor. The whole purpose of this thing is to get blood on it and to stab him. And she just like backs off instantly as soon as he's down. Not not great tactics. Um, so <laughs> this this was my biggest laugh out loud moment of this. Oh whole my movie. god! Are we talking about the Are we talking about the air spin here? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. He psychically like wrestling spins her in the air, picks her up off the ground, and she just starts spinning like a, top. Like a cartoon. <laughs> absolutely like a cartoon and then lands her on the couch uh yeah we were we were watching this here and we were just like why wouldn't he just throw her psychically against the couch that's the that's the one scene that takes you so out of it and it turns it from like like the acting's good it's got a lot of tension then all of a sudden it brings in this fucking naked gun airplane moment (laughs) and then goes right back to the scare tension again yeah totally turns into naked gun for like seconds for like you know five seconds do you, do you you're think, in naked gun do you think to this, me okay oh, this is the the long arm freddy section yeah i know i'm i know that there are a few people who will defend freaky long arm freddy to me nightmare on elm street is a perfect movie you don't like the long except arm except for freddy? that scene 
I think Long Arm Freddy ruins that movie for me. I mean, ruins. It takes me out of the movie. I like Long Arm Freddy. <laughs> I hate Goofy Arm Freddy. You can just sense those wires. Like, you could just see exactly where they are on the arms, so you yeah. know exactly where it's holding them up. I do wish it looked it just, a little better. It's but. so cheesy. Um, but, yeah, this, but, this. I wonder if this is one of those producer uh, over, over sets, like, I really want to see the girl like sit around in the air. And the director's like, that's really stupid. He's like, I got the money. <laughs> it's, it's a moment that anybody with any sense would have chopped. Oh, definitely. Like, it's the kind of thing that you have, you would cut, but yeah. it's, nope. It's there. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's nope. almost worth watching this whole movie just to see that stupid, <laughs> that kind of stuff in it. <laughs> uh, so, yes. So she does that thing. Uh, she spins around. He grabs her and gets creepy. Um, and starts, Ghost Brian starts freaking out here. Yeah. And now, apparently, I don't know what, if he just uh, gained his confidence back or what it is, but Ghost Brian's just exploding mirrors left and right and uh, actually think, being a force. Yeah. He was he was basically incapable of doing anything. I think he saw... I, I think this is supposed to be one of those, like triumphant moments of like pulling yourself together kind of thing mm-hmm. because he he sees he sees his you know doppelganger essentially assaulting his wife and he's like ah, and it's driving him crazy and he starts blowing up mirrors and like shaking shit Brian and, come on this, this didn't this didn't make you go ah the last like hundred times he was banging your wife through this movie no this this was the first oh, that's because he was looking for the Clark Street address he didn't see <laughs> he was the other too <laughs> That's what it was. He's been he's been busy. Come on. So uh, what winds up happening is that he like shake, 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 shake. And then a giant stone statue falls on uh, on our guy's head. Yes. And so. And then that's when she jumps up. Get. Yep. Does her duty. And then we get the, the split. Yeah. Yes. We, oh my god yep she's got to uh she's got to cut off his finger and so she does oh yeah, i forgot about she, that yes yes because <laughs> she's like she has to get the ring she can't get the ring off, off. <laughs> and so he basically starts gesticulating that you've got to cut off his finger <laughs> you've got to cut off my finger essentially and so she does she's pretty good and so we get kind of a payback to the the threatened ring finger removal scene from the gangster um and uh, now, whatever that is, removing that ring from his body mm-hmm. has somehow brought the demon out of his body entirely. <laughs> In some CG that looks straight out of reboot. <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, to be fair, the rubber monster wasn't exactly the greatest either. <laughs> they did a good job of never showing him straight on. It was yep. always like half his face or somewhere else. Mm-hmm. They knew that he wasn't great. And then they kept reusing the same shot of the foot. Yeah. Walking, like oh, that well, shot repeated like three times. Well, the foot looked great. It was weird. The foot did look great. I mean, that's probably why they probably saw it at the end and they were like, well, we got one good shot of the foot. Just use it three times. Um, but uh, so. Meow. <laughs> oh, somebody's so upset. Chopper wanted to come in. <laughs> I don't blame him. Yeah, so 
<laughs> there's so much screwing around here that like so Brian is back in his body at this point mm-hmm. like whatever this is it turns out that this was at the end of the day this was what needed to happen cutting the finger off was really the like the be all end all of this whole thing yeah because that got the demon out of his body and got Brian back into his own body mm-hmm. And now, now they have a demon to contend with, but they've got this crossbow that's loaded. They've loaded the crossbow with the the talisman arrowhead thing. The the crossbow that they just pulled off the wall that they've never tested. <laughs> that's an antique. Well, it's bound to work fine. <laughs> they didn't load a crossbow bolt into it. I mean, if you no. just put something random into it, it's gonna flip around and go someplace crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, and it didn't. Like, her instructions weren't, you have to, like, stab him through the head. Basically, it just has to pierce his skin and he's <laughs> going to die. So, him coming near them, like, if he tries to bat them away or something, just put your hand up. Well, maybe monster, maybe monster skin is really hard and you need the crossbow. <laughs> force. Could be. Nargor's got tough skin. <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> he was wearing tough skins. I do know that. Um, yeah, so he has it. Brian grabs the crossbow, shoots him, says, see you in hell. And the demon explodes. End of the, end uh, of the day. The demon cartoon explodes. <laughs> Starts shooting off fireworks and then melts. And then we see a little cartoon skeleton go. I <laughs> loved that scene. I absolutely loved it. It was stupid and really just poorly done in a lot of ways. Yeah. But man, it was charming. I thought it was charming. I kind of wish, I kinda of wish like, he just exploded and there was demon goop covering everything. But it would have been a much better thing. I don't know. What did it remind you it of? It just seems like... It reminds me of like uh, like Evil Dead. Like the first Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. The like ending that. where everything turns into goo. Yep. And you're just like, well, that looks like Play-Doh. <laughs> this is just a bunch of Play-Doh bubbling and goo coming out of it, but it's charming. Like, And so that's... You know, it has that kind of feel to me. Or sure, it looks stupid, but it's it's fun stupid. And then, so Brian and Julie hug and everything, and we don't, he doesn't mention his finger being gone at all. Like, I was really wondering, like, did he actually lose his finger, or did he get it back when he got back his body? We learn later on at the end that he did, in fact, lose that finger. But, like, yeah, he doesn't care about it at the moment. It's just like, everything's all right now. I mean, honestly, all things considered... I would say that that is a minor concession. Mm-hmm. Losing that finger is probably the least of his worries. Although, how After great, how great would the scene would have ended if they hugged? They were like, everything's right, and then Brian just lifts up his hand and goes, "Oh, fuck! When that happened?" <laughs> <laughs> end scene. Yeah, that's the end of the movie. Yeah. When did that end? Yeah. So they uh, they've loaded up in the the way that these movies always end. They've loaded up the U-Haul and they're taken off. They're leaving this accursed place. Um, and she's like, I'll drive. And they get in. And then the planchette explodes out of the furnace. Yeah. This is the, like, it sucks. The reason this sucks for me is because the last two movies, I loved the endings. Mm-hmm. I thought that the, I thought they were actually subtle and creepy. And this movie was fine the whole way through. And I just think that this ending was such a 90s cop-out. Yeah. It it, has, it's just like just something flew garbage the screen. That's CG. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not cool. I mean, the, nope. having a line at the end, do you think this thing works? Yes. 
you know, that was great. Yeah. Like the first movie when it's just like they're cleaning up the room. Do you think this thing works? Yes. Spooky. <laughs> it was a quick scare. It was like it looked good. This is just like 90s nonsense. Yeah. That's all. But uh, but other than that, overall, way better than I remembered it. Mm-hmm. Way yeah, better. same here. It, it, it so. is creative, too. It's a fun movie with the structure. You know what I mean? The main character's dead halfway through. Switches over yeah, to Kevin Tenney wrote half of it, I think. So mm-hmm. it did still have some of his some of his fingerprint on on the movie, at least, even though he didn't get to direct it. So yep. there was there was at least a little bit of genetic material left over from him. <laughs> so that's cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know. 90s I'm sad, movies. I'm sad there isn't a Witchboard 4. There, there is potential. I'm shocked. Mm. Honestly, I'm so surprised that these movies didn't keep going forever. Yep. Like, I, I'm i surprised that they didn't go the witchcraft route and have, like, 15 sequels. <laughs> yeah, I think there are, but, but 15 are something crazy. <laughs> I, I think there are literally, like, 15, maybe even more sequels to that mm. terrible franchise. I feel like the first couple were okay, right? I honestly don't remember. I rented it. I rented them in high school. Then I feel like I the first them couple since. were okay. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> they may not have been. Um, but yeah, pretty awesome. I really enjoyed it. Um, maybe we could get an interview with Kevin S. Tenney. That'd be awesome. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> Should try. He's out there. He's yeah. doing stuff. Hmm. Uh. Uh, Marcus Rude at the Rude Horror Podcast. Yeah, I, I was talking to him about this. Like, how do you get all these crazy guests? He goes, I just ask. You ask him. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's because I just ask him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody, check that podcast out if you haven't. It's good stuff. Yes, absolutely. Um, and you can follow us at the Funbox Monster Podcast and I, or at at Funbox Monster Podcast. Yeah, I am uh, Matt Awkward VHS Feed. And uh, you can go to Coast City Comics and purchase things uh, because like of the... Like a Fun the, Monster Podcast t-shirt. That is one of the many things you can get. Uh, and because of this this thing that's going on now, obviously I'm doing all of my stuff through the web. So, uh, so hit me up. I could use the business. <laughs> <laughs> I literally had to sit here all day. Matt watched me run for UPS yeah. because it's literally... Seven o'clock at night, and UPS shows up just as we're starting the podcast. Yeah. Imagine, <laughs> imagine having to wait till Thursday for your new comic books. I'm so sorry, everyone. You do have to wait until tomorrow for your new comics. You're not doing but curbside pickup at your apartment at your condo at for, for, for the book. Uh, no, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not even joking about that. I will not be doing that. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, but we do have new books in, so you can get them through us. So do that. And toys, buttons, magnets, stickers, patches. Yeah. Skateboards. And also, uh, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. That is really helpful. It gets people to, uh, gets people to see us, which is nice. I appreciate that. We've had a couple of reviews and a couple new people. So I really appreciate those people who have done so. Um, I want awesome. to read some of those reviews. Make sure you filter the ones that are bad so I don't get my feelings hurt. Perfect. Uh, so far, knock on wood, we're not going to have any of those because I think that you. I think that with podcasts, you get annoyed with people instantly or you don't. Uh, it's, so I, know that, it's, I know that's me. It's like you yeah. click with somebody or you don't click with them and yep. it's just, you're like, okay, I'm done with these people. 
Like, I think if we were going to annoy you, we would annoy you, I think, within like five minutes or less. Oh, yeah. Maybe even maybe even 30 seconds. I think we could well, annoy people. So, well, hey, thanks for clicking with us, y'all. Yeah, so <laughs> thank you to all the people who didn't get annoyed with us within the first minute. Uh, yeah, so that's it. Thank you guys so much, and we will see you next week. Yes. With something that is not that. Yeah, it's right. not going to be a witch board. Hey, see you so. in the funny papers. Hey, hey. The funny papers. <laughs> all right. Awesome, Matt. Thank you so much. It's good to see you again. Yeah, uh, hopefully we'll be able to do these things face-to-face soon. Yeah. Who knows? Awesome. <laughs> we'll figure something out. All right, man. See you later. Peace.